Arkansas Row Crops Radio, providing up-to-date information and timely recommendations on row crop production in Arkansas. Welcome to the Weeds or Wild podcast series as part of the Arkansas Row Crops Radio. My name is Jason Norsworthy, and I'm a weed scientist with the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. Today, I want to talk to you about some of the factors that contribute to rice injury from the herbicide loyant, some things that we potentially could do maybe to try to minimize the risk of that injury occurring. Additionally, today, we're going to talk about yellow nut sedge and ways to control yellow nut sedge in our various crops. We've been getting a lot of phone calls uh, over the last uh, week or two in terms of nut sedge. And with that, I thought it'd be important to try to touch on some of the management herbicide options that we have within the various crops. So to begin today, let's talk a little bit about Loyan and the research that we've conducted over the last several years to really understand what are the factors that are causing the increased risk of injury that we see on Loyan, uh, on rice. And one of the factors that really comes to the top and is most prominent in terms of injury is really cultivar selection. I realize most of you today, you've made a decision in terms of what cultivars you're going to put in the field. Today, a lot of our rice uh, is, is planted within the state. But what we've noticed is that hybrid rice has a higher tendency to experience injury from loyant than most of our inbred rice. The exception being is when we take a look at our medium grain inbreds, we do have a tendency to see injury with loyant applications uh, on those types of rice. In terms of our inbred long grain, the only uh, variety that I've seen any injury on is, is really diamond, and diamond at times can be as sensitive as the medium grain or their hybrid rice uh, to loyant herbicide. Another factor that we saw this uh, over the last year, maybe even two years now in our research, is that if we use quinclorac, either pre-emergence or early post, and we follow that with a loyant application, we're going to have a substantial risk in oxen injury showing up on uh, that rice. So one consideration is that maybe you think about removing, if you're going to use loyant, maybe you remove the facet or the quinstar from your herbicide programs, or if you're really set on using facet or quinstar in your weed control programs, which they are excellent herbicides, and provide a lot of value to our growers. If you're going to do that, you're probably going to maybe consider taking the loyant out of your later applications, or at least you're going to have to realize that you've increased your risk of injury. We've also noticed over the last few years that when we make sequential applications of loyant, we really have a major increase in the risk of injury occurring, much more so than what we see with single applications. We've also seen that where we have flooded rice or standard rice production systems in Arkansas, we're going to have greater risk for injury in a flooded culture than what we will in this uh, fur irrigated culture. Very seldom do I see injury to rice from loyant in a fur irrigated system. And I think that probably has to do with the fact that we're just able to get some oxygen uh, to the roots or to those to those plants. And as a result of that, the rice is able to better metabolize or handle the, 
the herbicide. When we do see injury in a fur, a fur irrigated system, more often than not, it's, it's near the end of the field where we have a tendency uh, to hold water uh, there at the bottom of the field. Some other factors that can lead to a increased risk for injury to rice from loyant would be air temperature. And what we've noticed in grow chamber research as well as field research is that as the temperature increases, there's greater risk for that rice experiencing injury from loyant. And if you're going to be applying loyant and you're going to expect above average temperatures uh, during application or maybe even probably five, seven days following application, there definitely will be greater risk of you seeing that oxen-type symptomology or injury uh, on the rice. We've done some work uh, to also look at foliar applications, foliar, when I mean foliar, foliar spray applications versus that of impregnated uh, applications. And actually, Corteva this past uh, a, a month or a couple of months ago had been able to obtain a two double E registration for the use of impregnated loyant uh, within Arkansas. And the use of impregnated loyant, it may not completely eliminate uh, the risk for injury occurring, but there definitely has been less injury on rice, whether it be hybrid rice, medium uh, grain rice, some of the sensitive type rices we see less injury with impregnated than what we see with a foliar spray uh, of the herbicide. Some other factors that can lead to um, maybe a slight impact, I would say, in terms of injury is application uh, rate. Uh, 16 ounces is really the rate if we're after barnyard grass. If you go any lower than that, you're not going to have an opportunity to control barnyard grass, but the majority of the loyant that we're using in the state today goes out somewhere around eight ounces because the growers that are applying that are after pigweed, uh, coffee bean, annual sedges such as rice flat sedge, and maybe even some um, aquatics. In general, you're going to have less risk for injury at that eight ounce rate than what you will at the 16 ounce rate. I've also noticed that the flood date or the soil moisture status at the time of application can have some impact on injury. Where we have wet conditions, high soil moisture uh, at application, there's going to be greater risk for injury from loyant than where you have a little bit lower uh, soil moisture uh, conditions. Generally, if we're somewhere around um, probably 80% of field capacity, maybe even a little bit lower than that, there appears to be less risk uh, than under, again, saturated conditions or maybe even field capacity when we apply that loyant application. The last factor that we've seen to have some impact is light intensity. And what we've noticed in our research there is that prolonged cloudy conditions are going to increase the risk of loyant injury. So when we really think about this, it's really the cumulative effects that can occur from these various factors that I just mentioned. For instance, if I plant hybrid rice and I treat it with quinclorac, and then I follow that with a foliar spray of loyant, and during that application or following the application of loyant, I have high soil moisture content with above average temperatures, the chances of me seeing injury are extremely high in a situation like that. Again, if we want to lower the risk for injury, think about these factors and trying to 
minimize the risk by maybe going with the eight ounce rate, maybe fur irrigated rice, maybe planting again an inbred cultivar that is less sensitive to uh, loyum. Another discussion that I want to have with you today is centered around yellow nut sedge. Like I said, we're getting a lot of calls on yellow nut sedge and you know, the first thing what I think of is when yellow nut sedges, a lot of folks start out with a burn down program. And that burn down program has a tendency, and, and rightfully so, to have glyphosate within it. And I think a misnomer for a lot of individuals is that glyphosate, they think that glyphosate's a broad spectrum herbicide and it's going to control all weeds in the field when in reality, glyphosate provides very little, if any, control of yellow nut sedge. And I want to go through just kind of each of the crops that we have here within the state, the major agronomic crops, and I'm going to start with corn today. When we think of corn, really a good, I would say a cheap option for trying to start out with a good control of yellow nut sedge is centered around the use of Paraquat in combination with Atrazine and Metolachlor. I would not recommend Paraquat alone for the control of yellow nut sedge. You're going to get a lot of top growth keel, but that those uh, nutlets are going to grow back rather quickly. But when we mix Paraquat with a photosystem 2 inhibiting herbicide like atrazine, the Paraquat becomes systemic. It's able to move throughout the plant, and in doing so, it's able to kill in, in a lot of instances, uh, those tubers, and the metolachlor is helping to provide residual control if we use it in the burn down or maybe even use it as a pre-emergence uh, application at the time of planting. You also have the option of using permit uh, pre-emergence or permit in the burn down, but I think permit has a better fit in crop where I'm mixing it again with a metolachlor product like dual dual 2 magnum and I'm trying to mix permit and, and dual 2 magnum together maybe again with atrazine to try to have some in-crop control of yellow nut sedge. Uh, option that is also there but I would say is is much less effective is going to be use of basagran. If you do need it to come back on top of what we've already mentioned there, uh, you could use basagran. And the programs here, really it's not necessarily corn specific because you also could use these in grain sorghum uh, if you're dealing with yellow nut sedge within that crop. As we move from corn, let's talk a little bit about rice. Uh, permit is really my go-to in rice. I like permit in uh, at planting if I know I'm going to have some nut sedge or I have some maybe that's already up. A league is another good option at uh, planting. Uh, there's a lot of folks that I get calls and they ask me about, what about gambit? And I am a big fan of gambit for a little bit broader spectrum weed control than what I get with permit. But overall, if really my major uh, weed that I'm trying to control at planting is yellow nut sedge, what we've noticed in our work is that permit is a better product than gambit for the control of uh, yellow nut sedge. When I get that rice crop up, uh, propanil plus basagran or broadloom, that combination is really effective on the control of yellow nut sedge. If I've used league at planting, I have the option of coming back with permit uh, post-emergence. But one thing that's not going to work very effectively is going to be an 8-ounce rate of loyant. As I was mentioning a few moments ago, we have a tendency to want to try to lower that loyant rate to reduce the risk of injury. And where while 16 ounces of loyant can be effective on yellow nut sedge, 8 ounces is just not going to uh, get the job done. 8 ounces is going to do well on annual sedges like rice flat sedge, but not yellow nut sedge. 
Moving now over to soybean, uh, similar to what we talked about with corn, Paraquat plus a PS2 inhibitor. In soybean, the go-to is going to be Metribuzin. I like Paraquat plus Boundary, which gives me a combination of Metribuzin and Metolachlor, or I like Paraquat plus Moccasin MTZ. Also in soybean, if I'm going to plant an STS variety, I would have the option of using Permit at Planting. If I plant an STS variety, I would also have the opportunity of using permit uh, post-emergence, but I couldn't use permit at planting and follow it with a post-emergence application of per, uh, permit. But if I wanted to just go back in at planting, another um, effective option is the use of sulfentrazone plus metolachlor. FMC has a product called Authority Elite, and it is quite effective in uh, controlling yellow nut sedge from a residual standpoint. Once we're in crop, uh, pursuit would be an option. Pursuit's kind of an old standard uh, herbicide that we've used. We've used it a lot in the late 80s, early early 90s, and it does provide a good bit of suppression of yellow nut sedge. But if we're planting a extend flex crop, enlist maybe a Liberty Link uh, crop of soybean. One option that we have is really the use of sequential applications of glufosinate in combination with metolachlor. So you could use something, for instance, like Interline plus Moccasin or maybe Liberty plus uh, Dual Magnum. That combination, if applied uh, sequentially with about 14 days between those applications, you should be able to achieve a high level of yellow nut sedge control. The last crop I want to mention is going to be cotton. And again, similar to soybean and to corn, it's all about starting with Paraquat in combination with a PS2 herbicide like Diuron or uh, Cotterin and uh, Caparol. That's going to provide us a good base to start with. And then once we get up that cotton up, maybe a four-leaf, five-leaf stage of cotton, we're going to come back in with something like Invoke which would give us good post-emergence activity on yellow nut sedge. But again, if you're, if you're planting extend flex or enlist cotton, you could apply sequential applications of glufosinate, interline, or liberty. And you need to mix with that, again, moccasin or a dual magnum type uh, product. So hopefully what we've um, I've shared with you today has been informative and I hope it helps you in terms of your uh, weed management programs that you're going to put in place uh, this coming growing season. I hope you're able to get effective control of yellow nut sedge. It really has become a major problem for us uh, this growing season. Next week, hopefully you'll join us at that time and Dr. Butts uh, will be with us and he's going to talk about row rice weed control considerations. Again, I'd like to thank all of you for joining us uh, for this episode of the Weeds Are Wild podcast series on the Arkansas Row Crops Radio. Arkansas Row Crops Radio is a production of the University of Arkansas System Division of Agriculture. For more information, please contact your local county extension agent or visit uaex.edu.